This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John 16, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today, as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation. Good to see everybody tonight. What a great crowd we have tonight. And um, I'm looking forward to, uh, to doing this teaching tonight. And uh, let me just say a couple of things. Uh, about our subject matter tonight. Uh, this is not about passing judgment on anybody or any other church that does something for Halloween. My job is not to pass judgment on anybody. Uh, God has given me the responsibility uh, of this congregation, and my job is just to share the truth of God's Word about anything that's going on. So that's what my uh, goal is tonight, is just to share the truth of God's Word. Uh, if you, after tonight, if you... Uh, 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 do something that is abstract from this teaching, I'm not going to be hating on you this week, okay? I, I want you to understand that. My, I'm not, this is not to be judgmental towards anything anybody in this place has ever done or ever will do concerning the Halloween holiday. Just to make, just want to clear the air on that. This, this, the principle of this teaching tonight is to shed light in the truth of God's Word about this holiday. Amen? So uh, I, I'm excited to be able to talk to you for a few minutes tonight. And I have uh, tried to make good notes for you tonight to follow. I've actually went through and edited them three times to get my spelling as good as I can get it. And, and, if, and if it's not good enough, you just deal with it. It's all I can tell you because it's as good as I can get it. Amen. So I want to I take this slow and uh, and uh, if you, t- you want to take some notes tonight, I'll be saying some things that are not just on this sheet. But I want to start out with the origin of the Halloween holiday. The origin of the Halloween holiday. It is a Celtic holiday. It's taken from the combination of All Saints Day, which is November 1st, and All Hallows Eve, which was October 31st. So we have two holidays that was uh, ancient with the Druids and the Celts. Uh, and that was taken from uh, All Saints Day, which is November 1st, and All Hallows Eve, which was uh, October 31st. So I want you to uh, understand tonight that's where this origin comes from. Both of those nights were celebrate. They were both celebrations of the dead. That's what they did. They, both of those things were used to celebrate the dead. Uh, both of those. Halloween falls on October the 31st because of the ancient festival, which is considered the earliest known route of Halloween. It marked a pivotal time of year, listen to this, where seasons change, but more importantly, observers also believe that the boundary line between this world and the demonic became especially thin, enabling them to have contact with the dead. So that goes right along with All Hallows' Eve and All Saints' Day. So uh, it's just really important that you understand where the, the holiday, if we want to call it that, the holiday Halloween comes from. It was a celebration of the dead. Uh, a celebration of the dead. Maybe that's even, I didn't think about it till now, but maybe that's where we get so many skulls and skeletons and coffins and, and decorations. I mean, in its root, it was a celebration of the dead, without a doubt. So um, 
I want you to understand the origin of Halloween and, and where it came from. Uh, what do I, I've got on the paper here? What do uh, Satanists and people that worship Satan? How do they feel about Halloween? Let's listen to what the famous Wiccan high priest, Dorian Vellante, says of Halloween. She says, Halloween is one of the four great Sabbaths of witches. To witches, Halloween is a serious occasion. However, merrily celebrated, it is the old Celtic Eve of Saman, which is the, the holiday that was mentioned above. Halloween is considered a satanic holiday for many confessing Satanists and for obvious reasons. It is the day where demons, witches, and devils are glorified. The first great church of Lucifer, I didn't even know one existed, but the first great church of Lucifer, which is in Houston, Texas, chose Halloween as the perfect day to officially open its doors to the public. According to Anton LaVey, who is dead now, but he founded the Church of Satan in 1966, and he also authored the Satanic Bible. This is a quote from him, and I, uh, you can listen to it on YouTube, and you can actually read it. But he said, I am glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. Welcome to Halloween. The official website for the Church of Satan states on their fact page, that Halloween is a time when the masses reach down inside and touch darkness, which for us, talking about Satanists, is a daily mode of existence. As they may feel freely to indulge their fan fantasies by donning costumes that allow for intense role-playing and release in the demonic core. I actually went on the, there is a satanic church in Dallas Anybody know that? Maybe you did, didn't. I went on their website today. I wanted to see what they may have been advertising on their Facebook or website about Halloween. And tomorrow night, the Satanic Church in Dallas is going to be live streaming witches from Salem. They have a witches conference that they are live streaming tomorrow night from Salem. So that's the, right here in Dallas, they're going to be live streaming that. So I, I just want you to understand how important this holiday is to, um, to the satanic world or to the occult. And, and before we go any further, I, I was just doing some thinking to, today too. Um, and list, I li listened to some interviews of some people that consider themselves to be Satanists. And many of them uh, begin to have an increased desire to know more about the occult through practices that they witnessed in Halloween. So I want you to understand as parents, as grandparents, whoever you may be, that when we allow our children or our family to participate in things uh, that are of the occult, it does create uh, a wondering, or particularly in the young mind, of, wow, that's neat. What's that like? Uh, and it's very important that you recognize the implications that that can have in the life of your children. Now, on the next page, I want to look at the root of each fun part. I've got that in parentheses. Fun part of Halloween that many Christians participate in. So, how many of you have ever heard of carving a jack-o'-lantern? How many of you have heard of jack-o'-lantern? Come on, raise your hands. So I want you to, and I, I've studied this really thoroughly, and I can assure you that this is correct history on this. And I want you to read the, the carving of jack-o'-lanterns, where this came from. 
So that, that legend has it that Stingy Jack was a miserable old drunk who took pleasure in playing tricks on just about everyone, family, friends, his mother, and even the devil himself. One day he tricked the devil into climbing up an apple tree. Thought it was interesting that he climbed up an apple tree because that's what we usually use to refer to in the Garden of Eden. But anyway, just a side note. After the devil climbed up in the tree, Stingy Jack hurriedly placed crosses around the trunk of the tree. Unable to touch a cross, the devil was stuck in the tree. Stingy Jack made, a de- uh, made the devil promise not to take his soul to hell when he died. Once the devil promised not to take his soul, Stingy Jack removed the crosses and the devil climbed down out of the apple tree. Many years later, Jack died and went to the pearly gates of heaven and was told by St. Peter that he was a mean, cruel, and led a, mer- a miserable, worthless life on earth. Stingy Jack was not allowed to enter heaven, so he went down to hell and the devil. The devil kept his promise and did not allow him to enter hell. Now Jack was scared. He had nowhere to go, but he wondered about but but he would wander about forever in the dark netherworld between heaven and hell. He asked the devil how he could leave as there was no light. The devil tossed him an ember from the flames of hell to help Stingy Jack light his way. Jack had a turnip with him. It was one of his favorite foods, and he always carried it with him. Jack hollowed out the turnip and placed the ember the devil had given him inside of the turnip. From that day onward, stingy Jack roamed the earth without without a resting place, lighting his way with his jack-o'-lantern and the ember provided by the enemy. On All Hallows' Eve, the Irish hollowed out turnips, uh, rutabags, gourds, potatoes, and beets, and they place light in them to ward off evil spirits and keep Stingy Jack away. In the 1800s, Irish immigrants quickly discovered that pumpkins were bigger and easier to carve out, so they used pumpkins for their jack-o'-lanterns. And, uh, and jack-o'-lanterns were set on porches to ward off evil spirits. So I want, you to, uh, I want you to grasp this, that they were set on porches to ward off evil spirits because they were putting their faith in the jack-o'-lantern and not Jesus, not Christ. They put their faith in the jack-o'-lantern. And I saw several things in this story that I want to point out, and I've got four points listed here. Uh, in the story, Jack removed the crosses and freed the devil from the tree that he was stuck in. The cross has never been removed to free the devil. The cross, once and for all, gave us victory over sin and death and the enemy. And in this story or the legend of the jack o' lantern, the crosses were removed. Number two, we don't make deals with the one we have dominion over. In this story, Jack made a deal with the devil. In church, I want to tell you, we don't make deals with the enemy. God says he has given us dominion to tread upon the enemy's head. You and I do not make deals with the devil. The second thing is the devil promised Jack that he would do something. The Bible tells me that the devil is what? He is a liar. He does not keep promises. And then the fourth thing, The devil should not be the one providing light to God's children, but in so many instances he is. It's a dark light. It's a misleading light. But so many times uh, people take their light from things of the enemy. God's word and his Holy Spirit should be the only light that you and I walk after in this life. So I want you just to think about, and and so I have uh, uh, 
uh, I have people ask me a lot of times, well, what do you, how do you feel about jack-o'-lanterns and what do you, you know, did, did you carve jack-o'-lanterns with your kids? Do you want, and I look, and I'm, even, I don't care if you're taking a magic marker and you're not actually cutting them out with a knife. I want, this is the whole thing. You've got to understand the root of what Halloween comes from. The root of it. The root of Halloween. Uh, uh, just a, maybe it's a minuscule example, but we have parents today because we live in this type world. They won't let their children play with toy cap guns anymore because they're scared of the, the, well, the root of that gun is violent. So they keep them from that. But yet we will allow our, chills, our children to participate in things that are rooted in the occult. Well, well, Pastor, I just can't believe. You mean if I let my children do Jacqueline? Listen, all I'm doing tonight is giving you the evidence of what Halloween is rooted in. And jack-o'-lanterns are rooted in the occult. They are rooted in the occult. Let's look at wearing costumes. It was traditionally believed that the souls of the departed wandered the earth until All Saints Day. And on All Hallows' Eve, they were provided one last chance for these dead souls to gain vengeance on their enemies before moving to the afterlife. In order to avoid being recognized by any soul that may be seeking such vengeance, people would wear masks and costumes to disguise their identity. So I want you to understand where the... The, the costumes that we have at Halloween, the root of that, what that came from. And first, there were several things just in the, in the history of the costumes. Uh, the Bible says that they were given one last chance to take out vengeance. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Vengeance is not ours to have. And God is my source, my protector. He is my fortress, Psalms 118.2. Uh, and God is the one that protects me. I don't need to hide who I am from protection from evil spirits because God is my protector. I find it interesting that they were disguising themselves. And as Christians, it is not God's will that you and I disguise ourselves. You and I, the Bible says we should be salt and light. In other words, we should be, we should give, it also says that we should give a mirror image. We should give a mirror image of who Jesus is. When we, we should become and be transformed into that mirror image of who Christ is. Well, you can't do that behind a mask. First Peter 2, 9 says, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness and where? Into his marvelous light. God has called you to show the world who you are, and it's not hiding behind a mask. So the wearing of costumes is rooted in the occultic traditions. Passing out candy. The poor were given sweets in exchange for praying for each of homeowners' dead relatives. And uh, a lot of this, and if, if, if you came from a Catholic background, I'm, I'm not 
not dogging Catholics tonight, but uh, you will find that the Catholic, if you study this further, you'll find that the Catholic Church was very instrumental in transforming All Hallows' Eve and All Saints' Day into the quote-unquote holiday that Christians celebrate of Halloween. And that one practice right there about praying for the dead, uh, have any of you ever been asked to pray somebody through? Anybody? Stephanie, I know me and Stephanie have because we're from South Louisiana. And I'll never forget, I went into the hospital one time and I was praying for one of my members. And uh, if there was somebody, if it was a double room, I would always ask the person in the other bed, you know, could I, would, sir, ma'am, could I pray for you for anything before I left? And I had this guy tell me and says, no, you can't pray for me, but I need you, need you to pray for Becky. And I said, what's, man, what's, what's wrong with Becky? Who's Becky? Well, that's my wife. She died about two months ago, and I need you to help me pray her through. He wanted me to pray, help pray her soul through to, and of course, you know, I, uh, I, di- I didn't do that, and I, and I didn't beat up the guy and tell him, I hate to tell you, but Becky's in heaven or hell today, buddy. You know, he's, I mean, but that's just the truth of the matter. I mean, be- whatever, whatever Becky's fate was, was already sealed. But, but this tradition comes from that. Um, they, uh, they, they wanted to, uh, they prayed for the dead relatives, so the, the more wealthier people would uh, have the candy. The poor people would come and take the candy and they would pray for the dead relatives of those people. And I, I did a little research on how we got to trick-or-treating as we know it in America. And in, in the 1800s, as I said in that, on that first page, we had a lot of Irish immigrants that moved to the United States and brought a lot of these customs of Halloween along with them. And in the 1930s, uh, Halloween had become a fairly volatile time in a lot of cities. Uh, young people would go about uh, really vandalizing and creating havoc in cities. And so uh, it began to be an adopted practice that municipalities would offer treats in the exchange that they wouldn't be tricked. In other words, so they wouldn't be vandalized or, or, or punked or whatever. They would be offered treats instead. So in other words, you get a treat so you won't be tricked. Trick or, trick or treat. And the, um, the Halloween holiday, as far as trick or treating goes, never really kicked off strong until during World War II. And I, I, find, I find no evidence of this anywhere. I, find, I just think it's an interesting thought that when men were absent, when men were absent, the country adopted trick-or-treating as a national pastime. And that's a total really side note to this, but it's important, men, that we not be absent in the lives of our children and our families. And during World War II, uh, you know, women were working in factories. They were raising homes. They were cooking meals. They were doing it all. Men were absent, and trick-or-treating took root uh, during that period of time. So I wanted you, uh, in this first section, I wanted you to understand jack-o'-lanterns, wearing costumes, passing out candy. It's important for me uh, that you understand where each of these customs come from. In each one of them, they are rooted in occultic practices. And let me just say this. Uh, as a Christian, before, and I'm going to get into Scripture here next, but as a Christian, we should be repulsed as a church and as a people when it comes to any holiday of practice uh, that celebrates the very things that God 
hates. Halloween is a celebration of death, a celebration of darkness, uh, a celebration of sadness, a celebration of evil. That's what it is a celebration of. And we should be repulsed as a church. But we have, in my opinion, we have become so numb to the acceptance of the things the world has to offer. It's been one of those things we just kind of brush to the side. It's just one day a year. We'll get past it. We'll just do our thing and we'll move on. But make no mistake about it. Uh, you can spend one moment under the influence of, of demonic forces and it can be life-changing for you or your family. It's a big deal. So I want to go to, to the word here. Deuteronomy chapter 18. It's the biblical passage that most directly addresses the custom of Halloween. Note that how the Lord warns that he expelled those who had inhabited the promised land for engaging in such practices as he warned people that he, what he would do in the same to them should they imitate these practices. So let's read this scripture, and I think Terry will have it on the overhead as well. It says, when you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not imitate. Say imitate. <clears throat> when, you go, when you dress your kids up at Halloween and they put on a costume, guess what they're doing? They're imitating something. They're imitating something. Well, but I just dress up little Johnny in a Noah uniform or a Joseph uniform. Listen, you're still participating. You can... You can dress a stinky dog up in any kind of sweater you want to. But it's still a stinky dog. When you enter the land, you shall not imitate the detestable things of those nations. There shall not be found among you. Now listen to this. Anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire. That's talking about giving children in sacrifice. And if you will look back in the when the Druids were practicing the, uh, the All Hallows' Eve, that's one of their practices. They would, they would sacrifice children in those times. They shall not pass through the fire. Uh, they shall not use divention, di divination. One who practices witchcraft or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who casts out spells or a medium or a psychic. Let me say this. If you have ever been to see a psychic or a palm reader, repent. There are a lot of Christians that have, but if you have ever been to see a psychic or a palm reader, repent. I don't care if you are saved. If you have been to see one and since you've been saved and you have not repented, there is a curse active in your life because when you go see someone like that, it opens up the door to the supernatural where you're saying, God, you can't make this come to pass, so now I'm going to go and I'm going to see what the devil can do about my situation. That's just plain English, but that's what takes place. When you go to a palm reader or a psychic, you're opening up that door and you're saying, God, I appreciate all your help. I know I pray, but I'm going to go another route. I'm going to go another route. And listen, I know there are people who say, well, this is how those mediums come up. They got an equation so they know what to say to you. That may be the case in some instances, but I want to tell you something. Mediums are real. Mediums are real. Saul went to see the witch at Endor because he needed answers. Mediums are, are real. The power of the enemy can be effective in your life in a negative way. 
And you need to repent if you've done that. Uh, I, I, I know it's probably been 10 years ago now. Time flies by so fast. How many of you remember that show that popped up on TV, Long Island Medium? Come on, just, just two people. Maybe they didn't show it here. It was real big on the, on the East Coast. Long, listen, do not watch shows like that because this is what takes place when you begin to watch television and 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 listen that lady on that show she presented herself as somebody that you would like to have coming to your church i'm talking about she was a friendly person she was a i mean she just a just a like a regular just a regular gal and but when you begin to watch that it in your spirit man that fleshly part of you begins to say, man, that's really neat. That's, a, that's amazing. And listen, don't give yourself over to those type things. Long Island Medium. I, I knew so many church people that would watch that show. I know uh, Stephanie and I had a pastor's wife about 10 years ago, a very respected pastor's wife of a large church she told us she said I have always wanted to get my palm read but my husband won't let me I couldn't believe it she said I have always wanted to get my palm read but my and I said well praise God for that because that is witchcraft that is witchcraft so let's go on this scripture. Uh, one who casts out spells, medium psychers, or one who calls up the dead. That goes back referring to what they were, the, uh, the Halloween, the core, the root of that. It was, a, it was a day where they could contact the dead. And I want to tell you, uh, how many of you remember the movie Ghost? Some of you people, it's over 40, better raise your hand. And, uh, and uh, you remember in... Uh, uh, they slid a penny up under the door, and I forget who they were. The ghost helped one of them move the penny up the door, and all that stuff. And she knew that her dead husband was on the other side, and all that stuff. And just a big old love story. I want you to understand that Hollywood wants to portray the supernatural, demonic world to you as something wonderful, loving, and good. Young people, Hollywood wants to portray those things to you as being good, and it's not, it's witchcraft. It is witchcraft, and it's, all of these things are celebrated in the act of the holiday and Halloween. Uh, it's important that you realize that when you, uh, if you go to somebody to call up the dead, you ain't talking to old Uncle Harold. You're talking to a familiar spirit. Uncle Harold is dead. And his spirit is either in heaven and hell. He's not taking a trip back to check and see how you're doing and see your new car. Harold's fate's been sealed. If you got an uncle named Harold that's passed on, I'm sorry tonight. I don't know why I picked that name. But I want you to understand that it's an evil spirit that you're communicating with. <clears throat> Listen to this. So the Bible goes on to say, For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You will be blameless before the Lord your God for, and for those nations which shall, you shall dispose, listen to those who, they, they listen to those who practice witchcraft and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God, he has not allowed you to do so. God has not allowed us to do the things that those nations do. We are not like the rest of the world. 
The Bible says we're to be a light on a hill. We should never celebrate darkness. And Halloween is a, it is a holiday of darkness. Without a doubt, it is a, it is a holiday of darkness. This is what the scripture does say about things of darkness. Ephesians 5.11, do not participate in unfruitful deeds of darkness. There it is again, participate. Participate and imitate, we've heard tonight. Don't participate in unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead, the Bible says to what? Expose them. Ephesians 4.7 goes on to say, neither give place to the devil. And when you and I participate in occultic activities. Now, I, look, I'm just going to take it a step further. Uh, anybody, uh, like, if, I, if I'm watching American, uh, America's Got Talent, and some of the people that they have on there, I have no doubt in my mind are operating in witchcraft, and it's not a magic trick. And we turn, the, we turn it off if one of those people comes on there. I don't, I don't watch them. Because it's intriguing when you do watch. It's intriguing. Wow. Man, he's good. How did he do it? I'm, I, am, I am convinced that some of that is witchcraft at work. And listen, the world doesn't recognize it. The world is awed by those things. The world is awed by those things. It's in, important that you recognize that God does not want you a part of those. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.22 that we should abstain Everybody say abstain. What does that mean? Stay away from. Don't get close to it. This, this verse is hard to misconstrue. It's pretty plain English here. You can read it in King James, ESV, NIV, any, any translation you want. The Bible says abstain from all, all appearance of evil. All appearance of evil. So I, I, I have a question. If, if the Bible says we should abstain from all appearance of evil, and I know that a jack-o'-lantern represents the fact that when I light it up and put it on my porch, I'm saying this will keep evil spirits away from my house. That's evil. If somebody can prove me wrong with Scripture, please do so. But I don't think that will happen. That is evil. The Bible says abstain from all appearance of evil. Of evil. We're told in John, 3 John 1 11, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but imitate what is good. So much of the Halloween holiday is rooted in evil. But we justify the next page, but, but Pastor, I don't participate in the evil stuff, only the fun stuff. Remember that when things are rooted in evil, God desires that we have no affiliation with it. Abstain from all appearance of evil. A great example is in Joshua chapter 7 with the sin of Achan and also in 1 Samuel 15 with the sin of King Saul. I've just got 1 Samuel 15 written here, but I'll go over uh, the, the, uh, Joshua 7 real quick. Uh, Joshua and the Israelites go in to conquer Jericho. Jericho was a large fortified city, and God said, I want you to go in. 
and I want you to tear it down. I want you to, I want you to kill everything. I want you to destroy everything. Don't leave anything left because you don't, God is saying, I, you don't need anything they have. I am your source. Don't keep anything that's connected with the pagan gods that they serve. But Achan, unbeknowing to Joshua and the rest of the Israelites, he took a few things for himself. It was a bar of gold. It was just some, it was some trinkets. And those trinkets by themselves were not evil, but they were rooted to evil practices. And fast forward, Joshua and the Israelites go out to conquer Ai, which is just a little hole in the wall. And they go in to conquer Ai. They have just run over Jericho like a troop. Like they had Sherman tanks. I mean, they have run over the city and conquered it. And all of a sudden, they come up against Ai, and all of a sudden, they're defeated. And Joshua seeks God and finds out that he has sin in the camp. And he goes to Achan and finds out that Achan has taken defiled things, things that by themselves were not evil. By themselves, the costume wasn't evil, but the root of the practice was evil. Then I want to read this in 1 Samuel 15 about Saul. This is God's word to King Saul. He says, now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation. Men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. It's just like the Jericho situation. He says, I want you to conquer it all. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites. And I'm going to come on down here to verse 9. And Saul and his men spared Agag's life. And they kept the best of the sheep, the goats, the cattle, the fatted calves, and the lambs. Everything, in fact, that appealed to them, they destroyed only what was worthless and of poor quality. I want you to get this scripture. In other words, they kept the things that didn't look evil. They didn't worry about God said, listen, it's all evil because it's rooted in evil. But they kept what seemed good to them. Samuel tells Saul, although you may think Little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king over Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners and the Amalekites until they are all dead. Why have you not obeyed the Lord? Listen to what he says right here. Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? Saul, why did you rush to keep things that you thought were okay? When God had already said they were cursed, and let me, t- let me say this, God will not bless what he has already cursed. God will never bless what he has already cursed. Samuel says to Saul, he said, who gave you the right to go think, well, this is good and that's good and I'll just do my own thing? God says, it's all to be destroyed. Saul responds in verse 20, but I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag. But I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, the goats, the cattle, and the plunder to sacrifice to the Lord God in Gilgal. Isn't it interesting? He put a label of church on it. Well, we did this to honor the Lord. We did this so we could give praise to God. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, exclamation point, Samuel says, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission 
is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. So Saul goes in, and the scripture goes on in that text. God said, God tells Samuel to tell Saul, I've rejected you of being king. In other words, the things you could have had because you chose to keep things that were defiled, and I told you to not have part in. He said, now you have been rejected for being king. Well, I just, I, Pastor, I just like celebrating the good part. Listen, when you've given legal right to the enemy, he doesn't care if you mean it for evil or not. Dalton and I were talking today, and he said, well, you know, it's just like you may not mean to be speeding. I mean, it is possible to get a speeding ticket, and you honestly didn't realize you were speeding. Most of the time, everybody knows, but so it is possible. But you know what? When you get pulled over, the officer says, well, you know what? I understand your intentions were good. But when you cross this barrier line, it gave me legal right to inflict a fine upon your family. And the same is true in the spiritual realm. You and I can do things that open the door to the enemy and give him legal right into your life. Legal right to mess things up. Uh, it can, and it doesn't just have to come in the form of the Halloween holiday. It can be in your television shows. Husbands, don't watch stuff on television that's got a bunch of skin in it and then wonder why your marriage is not operating like it should. Because when you do that in your home, and I'm trying to be discreet here. I know we've got some that are younger here tonight. When, when you do that, you open the door for the enemy into your marriage. We had a, uh, we had a, a couple that we knew in Virginia, and uh, Stephanie found out uh, she worked with this the girl as a nurse, and this was a the church-going, church-going family. And uh, the uh, lady told her one night, well, she said, well, I, I, I get my husband a yearly subscription to Playboy. She said, that's my gift to him. Well, lady, you're dumb as a box of rocks. You say, Pastor, how dumb is a box of rocks? I don't know. That's just what we say. But that opens the door. That opens a portal into that life, into that marriage, into that man's life, and into that family. The things we watch on television, the music we listen to, the things that we speak out of our mouth. Young people, be very cautious at the songs you sing because a lot of them are not doing things. I know there's, every secular song is not bad. I know some Christians wish that was true. It's not, but you better be careful because when you begin to speak, see, the power of your tongue, when you begin to speak something, it begins to take on action. And when you begin to speak it into the atmosphere, the devil is able to use that. I uh, heard Lester Sumrall one time say that he had a vision of demons sitting on surfboards. And he, he asked the Lord, he said, God, what, what is this? He said, well, they're waiting for words. He said, your, 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 your words are like the waves. And they just wait till they can catch a wave and it will take them in. 
be careful what you utter. Because when you begin to speak things, the Bible says we can speak things into existence. Through faith, we begin to speak. Be careful what you speak. Because when you say things, it opens a portal for the enemy to work in your life. The things we watch on TV, the, the, the music we listen to, the books we read. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, this one little thing here about the books that we read. But there is so much new age stuff out here the book new age stuff has infiltrated the church it's infiltrated the church and all sorts of demonic practices begin to infiltrate into the lives of God's children and then we wonder why aren't we free God, why, why aren't we maybe having revival like we should have? And I want to ask you tonight, maybe not just Halloween, but how many things may have slipped into your life? Uh, Stephanie and I have even went as far as we, which I was getting ready to say VHS. I know we don't have VHSs no more, but back when we were married and VHSs were the thing, and you know, we went through and we cleaned out anything that had a, the, anything that was R-rated or anything that had a, a, a GD or the F-word, anything that was, anything that had filth of any part, I don't care if it was a classic. I, I tell you, Stephanie bought me a, uh, she bought me a movie for Christmas one time. Um, I watched this movie on regular television, and uh, I guess all the language was taken out, and I never had seen it before. It was a great movie, and I cannot remember the name of it. It had, uh, remember the name of it? She paid, yeah, she paid, it was, it, was a, it was a collector's edition. She paid like $100 for this movie. She got it for me for Christmas. And uh, oh my goodness, the language that was in that movie. I guess when I watched it on TV, they had cut that out. And I, had to, I, I, I threw that movie away. I, listen, I didn't sell it in a yard sale for $2. Because then all I'm doing is giving my trash that will defile me to somebody else. The stuff in your life that you don't need, you need to get rid of. And I'm getting off, off the Halloween talk of it just a little bit, but it's important for you to realize how many things are defiling about the holiday. There is nothing about Halloween that is not rooted in the occult. We won't ever have to worry about doing any jack-o'-lanterns at this church as long as I'm pastoring here. I mean, I, you know, I, if that makes you mad, I am sorry, sue me. But I just, I, I'm not going to, I, God, God has given me the respect. And listen, I've got friends that would disagree with me. But I don't care about that either. I don't care about that either. Because I'm responsible for what God's given me. And it's important for you to realize tonight, we don't need to be tied into anything in the occult. And I can't find anything about the Halloween holiday in its origin and root that is not tied to the occult. Nothing. There is nothing about the origin of the holiday that is not tied to the occult. Well, Pastor, why don't we have a, a fall festival and we just let our kids dress up as, as Joseph and Mary and, and whatever. We are still participating in the process. We're still, I don't, I don't need them to dress up with Mary and Joseph to be the light of Jesus. I'm just being honest. We're going, to do a fall, we're going to do a festival in the spring. I'm going to do one two weeks before Easter because I'm, we're going to celebrate 
the Easter holiday. It's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to do a celebration of Easter. I don't have to celebrate. And there again, please understand, I am not knocking. Uh, this, is, this is not directed at churches to do fall festivals. I'm just telling you how I feel because Halloween is so tightly tied into the occultic practices. I, in good, in good, with, with my mind to rest, there's no way I can participate in it in any way. Our children are coming up. Our youth are coming up. We need to lay a solid foundation that there is a world out there that wants to destroy us. Listen, the Bible says my people perish for what? A lack of knowledge. And I want to tell you something. That wasn't talking about death. Because if you perish in death tonight and you're born again, guess what? You don't perish. You spend eternity in heaven. That verse was talking about things on earth. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. They don't understand the seriousness of what, of what the word is trying to say in so many areas. And I don't want you to perish for a lack of knowledge. I want you to grasp tonight that Halloween is an occultic holiday. And that doesn't mean... You have to go, go home, lock your doors, be peeking out the blind, say, Lord, what in the world? Is there a ghost coming down the street? No, if you want to go out and get a steak, go out and get a steak. It's just, a, it's just another day to me. But you need to understand that in the occult world, it's a big deal. Uh, I, I didn't take time to play it tonight. Uh, or maybe we did. Did we do that video? We, we, we did uh, look at a couple videos today that we didn't download. Several former Satanists, several former witches, and every one of them said that uh, before the Halloween holiday starts, that the week before, that they, they send out all the covens and all the Satanic churches. They send people into the stores to pray over the costumes and the candy that all the children will be wearing. Because they want to make sure that the demonic world impacts your life as much as it can. Well, Pastor, people are going to think you're crazy. I don't care about that either. People have been thinking I'm crazy. I am a different type guy. People have think, been thinking I'm a nut for a long time. Doesn't bother, doesn't phase me one bit. When they asked me about coming to this church, I thought, my word, they know who I am. I'm about half crazy. No, I'm just kidding. But we can't be concerned about what everybody thinks. Listen, you get one shot at life, and it goes by quick. With good health, I'm half done. I'm 46 years old. If I live to be 92... It's half over for me right now, and it, it seems like just a flash. You get one shot at raising these young people, raising these, the, these young adults, raising the, the children. We get one shot to teach our kids in children's church. We get one shot to, to, to teach our congregation. So who cares if somebody thinks that we've lost our rocker? Whatever we do needs to be glorifying God. We don't want to glorify unfruitful works of darkness. We don't want to glorify death, disease. We want to glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's what we want to do. So don't be surprised if you leave here. Some of you may leave tonight and say, well, that's it for me. That guy really is crazy. But if, you, if, if, if you've grasped some of this tonight, don't be surprised 
when at least 50% of the people you share it with think you've lost your noodle. Because the world does not understand the true impact of darkness. Quite the contrary, the world embraces darkness. Uh, we, we are embracing things now that I never thought we would embrace. We were watching a, a, a TV the other night and a commercial came on. It's just 8 o'clock in the evening, just primetime television. And a commercial came on with two men laying in the bed together. They were advertising some medicine for HIV. And they were hugging and kissing on each other. I mean, that, that's what's being promoted to us. That's darkness being promoted as light. One of the Satanists I, that I uh, listened to today, former Satanist, he said, I don't understand why Christians don't recognize that Satan comes. He really does. God tells us, but we don't grasp it. God comes, um, that Satan comes as an angel of light. What the Bible says, he, come, he comes in a beautiful form. He comes in something that's dressed up, made to look good, but may, maybe it is rooted in the occult. Maybe it is rooted in the occult. The very fact that the founder of the Satanic Church praises Christians for allowing their children to celebrate Halloween without even reading a Bible verse tells me all I need to know. I'm just telling you, that tells me all, anything that he thinks is good for the church, that means it's really bad. It means it's really bad. And I just, and now going into first of the year, I'm going to do a series on spiritual house cleaning, a spiritual detox about things in our life. It'll last about eight weeks about different aspects of our life that we need to clean up. And I want to tell you something, revival can come from that. Because none of us are immune. None of us are immune because we live in a, we live in a, in a, an occultic, perverted world. We really do. We live in an occultic, perverted world, and we get stuff on us. It doesn't matter if you're the preacher or you're one of the youth, or you've just been coming two or three months, or you've been here for 40 years. You can get stuff on you. And I'm going to do a series, about eight-week series, in, starting in January, on spiritual house cleaning and detox. Because we are called to be children of light and not children of darkness. John, would you come and play something soft for me? And I want you to understand tonight, now, I, I'm not hating on you. If somebody leaves this place, you take your kids trick-or-treating tomorrow, you say, man, pastor's really going to hate on me. I'm not going to hate on you. My, I, I have, I, in the first five years of my pastoring, if I learned one thing, it's this. It's not my job to make anybody do anything. It's my job to present the information. I can't convict you. I, I can't convict you. The only thing I can do is present the information of God's Word, and it's, up, it's, it's between you and the Lord, so I'm not going to be hating on you. You don't have to dodge me if that's the case. But I want to encourage you in this place tonight to recognize that there is a real enemy. There is a real enemy. 
that desires to destroy. He desires to destroy. He doesn't care if you're an 85-year-old Christian or a brand-new Christian. He desires to destroy you. And as a pastor, I don't want to let one night out of the year, I don't want to celebrate anything that resembles evil. I don't have to have I don't have to have a festival on Halloween. I can do mine another time. I don't want to have any connection to that. Well, Pastor, what if you're wrong? Well, if I miss it and I'm wrong, then I've just been wrong. I want you to get me tonight. If we get to heaven, and the Lord says, well, you know that Mike Newcomb, he's a good old fellow, but boy, he, he missed it on that Halloween thing. It really ain't, ain't no big deal. Then all I am is wrong. I haven't presented anything that's false, that's hurt anybody, or drawn anybody away from the presence of God. But if you miss it wrong on the other side, just being real tonight, if you miss it wrong on the other side, then there are repercussions that are felt all down through your lineage and your family and everybody you've exposed occultic practices to. And this is what I would really like to do tonight because I, and parents, let me say this. Boy, it's hard to have a balance today. I'm just telling you. I, I'm, just, I, I'm just telling you it's hard to have a balance. I, I think about Bobby and Angela because they're about our age and their kids have, have grown up. And I can just think about from over the last 20 years, the world's changed so much trying to balance being a good Christian parent and not trying to keep my kids under my thumb so much that they didn't enjoy life at all. Boy, it's, been a, it, it, it's, a, it's a task. It's a task. And I want to tell you tonight that if you missed it, it's okay. Because the blood of Jesus is still active. If you've missed it, it's okay. The blood of Jesus is still active. There are, there are no insignificant sins when it comes to the occult and demonology and demonic things. There's nothing insignificant. I, I'll, sh I'll share more about this when I do my detox. And you may say, well, he, I was on the fence, but he really is crazy. When I go to a P.F. Chang's, anybody like to eat at P.F. Chang's? Alan? Some of y'all, y'all can feel free to take me there any Sunday you want. I don't ever read the fortune cookie. Well, Pastor, that's just a nice little verse. It just says you'll be blah, blah, blah today, whatever. Listen, my fortune and my future and my hope is not tied up in that cookie. And if you read the origin and the root behind fortune cookies, they really were used to help people plan their future. It's rooted in, it's, listen to me, I know this may shock you, that little fortune cookie that you get, it, the practice of it is rooted in witchcraft. The people that's baking them now probably don't mean it that way. The people that's typing it out, the verses may not mean it that way. And when you break that little nasty pastry, pastry open and eat it, Cause you know it's just, you'd be get you a box of little Debbie cookies to keep in your truck for after for after the restaurant. 
get you some of them fudge rounds or them little oatmeal cookies. But listen, nobody in the whole process of today may, may not mean that to be anything occulted, but the bottom line is this. The practice is rooted in witchcraft. If you read your horoscope, you need to stop. I'm going to close here. I'm not going to keep on. If you read a horoscope, you need to stop. A horoscope is witchcraft at the core. People come up to me, what's your sign? I don't know. I, I like real tree outdoors. I like, it's got all kinds of stuff. I, I, mean, I, which is, I don't have no sign. I'm, I'm a child of God. I don't need a sign. All of that stuff pulls your dependence from the Father away from Him and it says, I'm looking to another source. Pulls the dependence away from God and looks to another source. Hypnosis is a sign of witchcraft. Hands down. It's saying, God, you, you can't control this. I don't care if it's medical hypnosis. I don't care what it is. It is a sign of witchcraft. Hands down. Hands down. And, but if you've missed it, got good news tonight. The blood of Jesus is still active. And if I want you to think about this tonight, we have the opportunity tonight for everybody in this place. Because I want to tell you something about your pastor. I've missed it some. And I'll probably miss, bless you. And I'll probably miss it again some. Come on, what, what, where do we live today? I'm going to probably miss it again sometime. But the blood of Jesus is still active. And this is what I want to do tonight. It's, I know we've been here exactly an hour. It's quarter till. But I want to take, I want to take about five or ten minutes. And this is what I want to do. Just by everything we've talked about tonight. If you've ever participated in Halloween since you've been a Christian, I believe if you participated in stuff beforehand and you got saved and you, you hadn't done anything since, I, th I, do, I do believe you, you're, you're good to go. But if, since you've been a Christian, if you participated in anything that I've mentioned tonight that you think could be occultic at the root in any way, if you've had your palm read, if you went to psychics, if you went to mediums, if you've been, you, you, I mean, if you've been to any of the stuff I've talked about tonight, I want to tell you something. God is in the place tonight that you can leave this place free from any condemnation, any, any curse that could be riding on your life. I want to tell you, when I've taught this class before and I've had people come in the altar, I didn't have a clue what they were praying for, and they would say, uh, i never forget when I taught it at, at a church before I was even pastoring. And I had somebody said, man, I came to the altar that night. God told me that something in my life wasn't right because the root, the core of it, is based out of, out of witchcraft, out of, out of the occult. But I didn't mean it that way. I didn't do it for that. And, and, but but that's, that was the root. And, but, but God convicted me. And I came up and I said, Lord, just forgive me tonight. And they said, you will not believe all the things that have turned around in my life since I just let that go and let God deal with that. God is able for all of us who have missed it. And I wanna, I'm going to pray right here and I'm going to encourage each one of you to just bow your heads where you are tonight. If God has quickened something in your spirit that you've ever been a part of and you can say, God, 
I'm your child and I shouldn't have been a part of that. But tonight, I want to ask you to forgive me. And Lord, I renounce right now. God, I renounce any demonic assignment that was sent against my life because of that event. I renounce it right now in the name of Jesus for any demonic assignment I've allowed to come into my home, into my family. I renounce it right now by the power of Jesus, by the power of His blood tonight. And Lord, I thank You that I'm free. God, I thank You that I'm not under the curse of sin and shame and bondage. I'm not under condemnation tonight but God I am free in you tonight God I am free in you and Father right now I pray for this congregation Lord as they are bringing things before you tonight God as they are lifting up Lord maybe places that they missed it tonight Lord I ask you to open their eyes reveal things to them that may need to be brought before you God and dealt with and Lord I thank you that tonight as they leave this place God that your word is true Lord I know I'm fallible God but your word is not Lord I know I can miss it I can misspeak it but God your word has never misspoken of itself God I thank you that tonight in this house that there is a church that's going to leave free from bondage of any type. Lord, that any occultic practice that has ever been attached to their life, God, that the chains are broken right now. It's not at my word, but at their word, God, as they begin to confess, as they begin to repent, that every occultic assignment, I, I just feel in my spirit right now, there is somebody, you've had such a heaviness, and you have, you have reached out to occultic things, and God said that tonight, if you'll confess those things before me, I will break the bondage off of your life, and you'll have a new film freedom them tonight in Jesus name pastor you're not going to lay hands on us tonight listen I can't help you I, I, it, Jesus can help you I, I didn't do anything but he did it all he did it all and God I thank you tonight for bringing freedom into this house in every way God I thank you that there's not a person in this place will leave with their head hanging low because they've missed it in any way. But God, as they leave here tonight, they will recognize that they have brought their burden before you and they have laid it at the foot of the cross tonight, God. And they're free. God, I, I plead the blood of Jesus over this congregation. God, that the weapons of our warfare... They're not, they're not of the flesh, but they're of the Spirit. And God, in the Spirit, you are made me more than a conqueror. God, in the Spirit, you made this congregation more than conquerors tonight. And God, there is no attack. There is no sin. There is no shame. There is no power in the occult. There is no de demonic spell. There is no demonic bondage that can stand. God, I thank you that tonight all things that need to be broken are broken in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And God, I thank you for opening doors for everybody in here to share the truth. Not their opinion, but the truth. The truth of your word, God. And we thank you and we praise you right now. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Amen.
Thank you for listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hearst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church, and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.45 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphearst.org. Thank you, and God bless.